This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and supporting listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate, or visit Patreon.com backslash TwoHeadedNerd to become a supporter today. Ha-cha! Yes? Ho, ho, ha, ha! Remember me, old chum? Jolly Welcome to the Two-Headed Nerd Comic Book Podcast Talk Show. We host it on Facebook. We call it THN Cover to Cover, and we do it every Saturday. Today just happens to be Saturday, November 17th. Here's how it works. As I mentioned, every Saturday from 11.30 to 12.30 Central Standard Time. That's 11.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Because we have not been saying this, so people might be thinking we're just doing it in the middle of the night. I doubt it. Joey and I are talking all things comics with you nerds, and we do it live. You can call us at 402-819-4894, or you can click our Facebook Call Now button. It's right there on the front of our Facebook page if you want to get in on the action. And if you can't call us live, you can always feel free to leave us a message or send an MP3 to TwoHeadedNerd at gmail.com. Now, this is important. If you are calling and we're talking to someone else and you can't get through, leave us a message or keep trying to call, either one. But if you leave us a message during the show, we're going to get to it. I promise you, okay? Yes. And John Tavertic, if you're watching, don't be scared. I just called you out by name. Call in, you big goddamn baby. So there. Before we get started Make here, your kid call. Joey. Make Hugo call. Baby. I need you to reset the question of the week. Yeah, Okay. This week's question came from another Joey baby. It's another it's another big one too. Joe Bankus. Remember when the question of the week used to be like, what's your favorite comic book dog? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite comic book dog is uh Lockjaw. What, what comic book character Lockjaw. looks really cool with a gun? You know? <laughs> We've gotten so heady. All of them. <laughs> this week's question comes from Joe Bankus, Bishop aka. Bishop did not look cool with a gun last week. He looked really dumb. And look. I'm not going back into it, but uh, okay. read the question. <laughs> This week's question comes from Joe Benkis, a.k.a. Casual Comics Guy on the forums, father of Casual Comics Kid. Here it is. Which comics character at this point is just coasting on their reputation? We can talk big two, Marvel and DC, or indie comics that still ride an ever-slowing wave of fandom. For example, why do we still keep talking about a Spawn movie? I... When was the last time Spawn was relevant to anyone other than Todd McFarlane and Jamie Foxx? You could also and the Edmonton ask... Edmonton Oilers, who had a Spawn Zamboni. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or John Leguizamo, who might still be making royalties. I don't know. You could also argue uh, that people should not be mad that the Vision series from Chelsea Kane got canceled because uh, the Vision is not something that Marvel should keep trying to shove down people's throats. I kind of agree. I'm fine with the Vision. I'm fine with them on a team. And I'm fine when, like, if Tom King wants to come and do something absolutely momentous with the character, but don't keep trying to do it. Well, we don't know what it was going to be. It maybe, might have been yeah. great. I mean, maybe Chelsea Kane's an great. amazing writer. I just don't care about the vision. Anyway, Joe does not actually subscribe to that philosophy because he loves the vision. And if you think the vision is lame, he will knife fight you to the pain. Because he's a pansy, apparently. And I knife fight to the death, Joe. So mm, go well, ahead. maybe he's not a psychopath. And I don't have any feelings. So good luck hurting me. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> there you have it. Uh, which comic book character uh, are you just sick of them trying to yeah, coasting on the reputation. A thing. This is not a comic book Stop character that you hate. Stop trying to make hate. it a thing. This is not a comic book character you think is overrated. This is a character that has just been coasting. And I'm taking Spawn off the board. He mentioned Spawn. We're taking Spawn off the board. Spawn would be the ultimate example. Without a doubt. 
I mean, like top of the pyramid. I mean, people love Spawn. Who? Just because we don't love Spawn Who doesn't mean people Spawn, don't love Spawn. Joe? <laughs> we've never met anybody. How They're long have we there. been doing this? I've They're been, out there. I've been screaming at the internet, trying to insult these people. They f- just fire them up. So they'll call SWAT teams to my house and shit. They don't exist, okay? It's not happening. I'm opening the phone lines right now. Again, you can call us at 402-819-4894. The phone lines are open. We want to talk about Stanley today. Stanley passed this week. We are hosting the official wake for Stanley. And I don't want to just talk about, oh, so great. I love him so much. There's complex feelings we have about Stanley. Stanley did some questionable shit in his life. He did. And let's work through it. Let's talk about it and let's work through it. Uh, One thing Stanley did not do, and I just want to clear the air here, he did not have sex with Jack Kirby's wife. Keith. That was a joke. That Keith. was a joke. That's a joke <laughs> from the TV show X Play, yes. which was a video game review show on the G4 channel. Yes. And they had a skit called Roger the Stanley Experience, <laughs> yeah. and he was just a Stanley impersonator. <laughs> right. So there I was, having <laughs> sex with Jack Kirby's wife. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. And that's how I came up with the idea for the mole man. <laughs> so there. Clearly, uh, the air there. It's not what happened. Shout out to my banana bro, Rob. I love you. Can I ask what a banana bro is? Yes. Because it sounds uh, questionably gay. Not there's anything wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that, but it just so happens that Rob and I have a strong bond formed over our shared love of banana-flavored candy. Still sounds a little gay. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it is. Yeah. Again, We're gay for bananas. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> uh, Phil Lee says he wants to join the two-headed nerd posse when Red Dead Redemption 2 Online. Oh, Phil, you're already in. Uh, You're already in. We're on the X-Bone, buddy. That's right. So hopefully that's not a deal breaker. Yeah. X-Bonix. X-Bonix. <laughs> no, no, I don't have an X-Bonix. I just have a regular X-Bone. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Loser. You don't have an Xbox nah, One X. I don't have one X. You've either. had it since before it came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got an X-Bone. That's right. Sorry. We've got our bones in order. But let's talk about Stan Lee. We're going to have the official wake of Stan Lee, and we're just going to work through our feelings. We're going to talk about the good. We're going to talk about the bad. I want to hear about it from you guys, because it was a weird feeling. It was a weird feeling. The day Stan Lee died, I was I was at my desk doing my flywheel thing, you know, working on uh, the internets and whatnot. And I have my Twitter window open over here because Michael Severe showed me how to use a tweet deck, which is just insane. And I don't even like it that much because there's too goddamn much happening. Welcome there. to 2008. And somebody posted, TMZ is reporting Stan Lee is dead. And I was like, TMZ, give me a break. Yeah. Whatever. And then the Daily Beast immediately followed up. Daily Beast does not fuck around. Those guys are for real. And it says, Stanley passed at age 95. And I just sort of backed off from my desk for a second. It was the same feeling I had when Leonard Nimoy died, when I was working at a restaurant, and I found out Leonard Nimoy died. And I just, like, I had to leave. I just had to leave. Fun fact, and I, Leonard Nimoy also had sex with Jack Kirby's wife. Is that right? Oh, I thought, <laughs> I thought you were going to say sex with Jack Kirby. <laughs> oh, no. But, yeah, I just I had to turn to my manager and said, I'm going to work from home for the rest of the day. And he was like, I get it. I understand, you know, big nerd. Came home, watched uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friends, because it was always narrated by Stan Lee, while I chatted with people online, fixing their websites and stuff, and, like, got a little misty a few times. I feel like my grandfather that invented Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four is dead, you know? Yeah. It was super weird. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't... He's one of those ageless guys, too, where it's like, I get it. Stan Lee was very old. He was 95. That's a hell of a life. Yeah, so yeah. it's not like we lost him too early or anything, but he's just one of those guys that's always been old, and I just never thought he was going to die. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't expect to react the way that I did. Uh, I, you know, I mean, of course it was a bummer, but uh, like, I legit like had a bit of a breakdown at yeah. my desk. Like, yeah, I had to like turn my desk as as far into my cubicle as I could so that I could like kind of keep it together. And, yeah, I like, went in the men's room and I laid down on the floor face down and just had a good cry. Gross. You know, <laughs> like with my arms on my side. <laughs> so I just so my face is on the tile and I just cry there, man. You know, and the <laughs> uh, Zach Hollowell says, uh, who hasn't had sex with Jack Kirby's wife? <laughs> That's where the idea for shooting webs comes from. What? Gross. That's disgusting. Come on. I can't believe I read that out loud. Um, yeah, I mean, it affected me. Uh, and um, like, I'm still thinking about it and yeah. I'm, I'm mad about it and I'm sad about it. And like you said, like he lived a, a long, full, great life. Right. Uh, and the past year or two was marred with some weirdness some family shit going on that was kind of gross last year was yeah he was being exploited uh robbed and exploited by by uh, his own family no no not his family his employees oh, his business that manager yeah Ugh. um like to the Man. point where like they were extracting blood from yeah. him for like some sort of weird collectible thing Ugh. god um, that's fucking vampiric yeah 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 jesus um and it was a bummer. Yeah, the last year of Stan's life was not great. Yeah, it was really weird. Uh, there was rumors he was like, being held hostage. Yeah. And, like, he was also, I'm not going to say, like, he had dementia, but he was having some moments that were kind of odd here and there. You're 95, for crying right, out loud. Right, right. Um, but, like, luckily, some months ago, like, they were able to, like, rescue him from that situation. Yeah. And he spent his last few months uh, with his daughter. Right. And it seemed happy and good. But, um... Yeah, I mean, it was a big deal to me. Stanley, for all the all the shit that he did, uh, and all of the the uh, garbage ways he treated his various collaborators, uh, Stanley's work changed my life forever, and well, that's not an exaggeration. And not just that; I mean, changed comics. Period. Right. Like, like you said, yes, Stan made some questionable decisions back in the day, and it was him, no question. Right. He was running shit. It was him. Creators were treated a different way at the time. I am not defending these decisions. I want to go on record that I think, obviously, we fight for creators' rights all the damn time. It gets a little weird when families of creators that are deceased come looking for money that... I don't know. I can't quite wrap my head around that. I mean, it should have never come to that. It shouldn't have. No, uh, it absolutely shouldn't have. Yeah, I mean, essentially, the the longest story, shortest way possible is that uh, Stan did not um, give enough credit yeah. uh, to his collaborators, specifically Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko, right. uh, for their work in creating the Marvel Universe, and he took credit for a lot of things that he didn't necessarily do. This is true. Now, um, to be fair, Steve Ditko is even on record saying, I didn't want to be the guy. I wanted to do the job and crank out the comics. Stan wanted to be the face of Marvel. Sure. I mean, and, and being and, the face of Marvel is one thing. Right. And he was a performer. But, he was a bombastic guy. And he was the voice, you know? He, he was the true believer. And, and like... And part of, the, part of it is, is Stan, and part of it is Marvel using Stan as yes. this kind of mascot, almost. Right. Um, like... Um, he was like their Crypt Keeper. Hugh Jackman 
posted a tribute to Stan Lee on Twitter uh, and was like all gushing about how like his life wouldn't be where it is now without Stan Lee. Hashtag Wolverine. <laughs> Guess who had nothing to do with the creation of Wolverine? Yep. Stan Lee. <laughs> it was Herb Trimpey. Yeah, afraid. Herb Trimpey, John Romita, and Len Wein created uh, Wolverine. Yeah. So it's problematic no it, it is but at the same time it's like he was the face he was he was marvel comics and for a long time marvel comics wanted you to hear stan's voice yeah in the narration of all these comics the way they started when you could not read an avengers book a fantastic four book a spider-man book and not hear stan lee in the narration well, and also at the top of every title page uh for years and years decades even uh it would say Stanley presents. Yeah. I mean, he was the guy. Mm -hmm. Now, with that said, yeah, he still could have financially taken care of these other guys. Even if he's taking credit, you could still financially take care of these guys later on in life when Stan was filthy fucking He should have rich. done better by them. <laughs> yes, that's without a doubt. Thank you for calling THN. Cover to cover, can you please turn down your radio or digital listening device? I'm getting an echo. <laughs> Yeah, it's off. That was so Art Bell, uh, what I just did, by the way. <laughs> Caller, can you please turn off your radio? Thank you. Who dis, by the way? Who dis? Uh, well, morning from the Marvel Lake House. Uh -huh. It's JD Got a Catch. I should, how do I not know your phone number by now? Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, JD? How are we doing? Uh, good, good. Would you yeah, like to step up uh, to the podium and say a little something about the passing of Stan Lee? Sure. Um... You know, when I, when I heard about it, I, I too had complicated feelings. Uh, strangely for me, it was to a certain degree, it was a little bit of relief because of all of the negativity that's been happening in the past, you know, year or two Fair. Yeah. with the, with the, with the elder abuse and the, and the, the exploitation and things like that to the point that, I mean, I mean, Kevin Smith, you know, publicly, you know, went out and said, come live with me. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. He was like trying to rescue him at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I just read a thing online. Um, I don't know if it'd be a great Todd rescue. Yeah. I feel like Kevin Todd Smith's McFarlane. living conditions are mm, a little weird. <laughs> I'm sorry. Todd McFarlane. Yeah. Todd McFarlane was posting that he like went out and visited him almost monthly for the past year. Really? Just to make sure that everything was okay and, you know, and just to, you know, kind of, you know, just continue talking to him. I guess whenever he was in L.A., he would always go visit him, but he made a point of doing it a little more frequently these last couple, these last couple months. I didn't know to Todd sure McFarlane was, was sweet okay. like that. All I do, I just picture him like this, like Scrooge McDuck kind of <laughs> asshole, you know? <laughs> Have you ever made a deal with the devil? Splendid. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so that was kind of where I was as far as the whole creator rights thing. And, you know, you were saying that, you know, Hugh Jackman said his life wouldn't be where it is today without, without Stan hashtag Wolverine. And no, he didn't create Wolverine, but I would argue, or I would at least say, ask the question, would Herb Trimpey and Len Wein and John Romita be in the position to invent Wolverine without. Yeah. Stan. I mean, that is a good point. That's like, completely fair. Uh, the, yeah. The, Stan changed the face of comics. And I don't think that it's an exaggeration to say that comic books, as we know them 
would not mm-hmm. be the same. True. Without his influence. Right. I mean, like, Herb Trimpey doesn't have the freedom to come up with this ridiculous character. I mean, <laughs> without someone like Stanley that believed in him. And that's yeah. what Stan did. Well, that was not even di- that. I, I mean, just like the idea of superhero comics being an ongoing concern after the mm-hmm. crash. Yeah. No, that's or true. Not, not after the crash, but after, like, superheroes fell way out of favor. Yeah. And DC mm-hmm. brought them back in a big way in the Silver Age. But Marvel... Kicked it up a notch. Definitely. Uh, and without that, would they have faded away? Would we have gone back to having like Westerns and, right. and horror, horror stories and, and sci-fi yeah, stuff and that's Space War like or funny whatever. animal books? I mean, and the other, yeah, I mean, that is definitely a huge part of it because like DC, one of the things, I'm, and this is not taking anything away from DC, but you had Batman, you had Superman, you had Wonder Woman, you had Aquaman. These people were gods. They weren't like yeah. you and me, you know, and DC... Was were, it was more focused on maintaining that brand, the Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman brand. I would argue they still are today. Whereas Stan Lee was coming to these weirdos and going, "All right, give me something. What do you got?" And they, they yeah. and these people are pitching characters based off people they know, based off situations they were yeah. in. Peter Parker. Yeah, that was. You know, I mean, come on. Uh, Peter Parker right. could never be a DC character. He was just a nerd. <laughs> no. He was a scrawny 16-year-old kid that got bit by a radioactive spider. Stupid. This is going to last 10 yeah. issues, right? Who cares? Look now. And I, would argue, right. and I would argue that more so than being a writer or a creator, I would say Stan's biggest influence was as an editor. Yeah. I, absolutely. You know, he was an amazing editor. Absolutely. And... He kept the he kept the stories on the rails. He made sure that world was big and 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 connected. Right. Uh, I think the continuity aspect was a big thing for him. Most definitely, that was like that was all Marvel, all Marvel. Yeah. As far as continuity goes, I mean that started in the '60s and DC started paying attention and going, "We got to do that." Too. Yeah, yeah. The idea of seeing the, seeing the the, the the flaming four signal in the background of a Spider-Man comic. Right. That's all Stan, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, DC, I mean, DC created the idea of the shared universe. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, we all knew. In the golden age. Superman and Batman knew each other and shit, sure. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the idea that these stories would have impact far down the line, like, DC didn't really do a lot of, like, calling back to old. Right stories oh yeah and not just that they were in new york this was new york this wasn't a yeah gotham or you know some other made-up city this was new york and the Mm -hmm. editors were just like writing stuff like making willie lumpkin a character in the fantastic four we knew the fucking mailman you know (laughs) that's amazing yeah i mean mean, they called it the 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 world outside your window right is, is Yeah, things like built. things like uh, what is it one one six six B Bleecker Street, the Sanctum Sanctorum. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Stan Stan walked past that address on his way to, on his way to work. Right. Yeah, like how many? That's where he got it. How right. many comic book addresses do you know? I know. Seriously. <laughs> like, yeah. I I can at, like right off the top of my head, I can come up with. The Avengers three. headquarters, a Baxter Building. Uh, um, it was it was a. Uh, the the uh, Doctor Strange's mansion, right? Uh, the X Mansion, fourteen oh seven Gray Malkin Lane. There you go. Yeah, Westchester, yep. New York. Yeah, uh, yeah. And like DC is like. Uh, I think I remember them mentioning the address that Superman and Lois lived at a few times. Mm. Yeah. 
The um, only other fictional address I know off the top I know of my the head is Fortress of Solitude is in Antarctica. Is, <laughs> I know that. I know, uh, <laughs> I know uh, 221B Baker Street. Yeah, right. I'm right. Sherlock Holmes, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Marvel's world was real. It felt real. Yeah. It felt like a place and that, that you Stan. could live in. That is what he wanted. Stan uh, wanted to talk to these nerds that were kids like him, you know, and, and mm-hmm. say, all right, I want to sell comics directly to these guys about shit that they see every day. And, and shit they like, deal with in school, shit they deal with at work. He went know? around and he did campus talks. Uh, yeah. You know, he gave like big presentations at college campuses all over this country. Um, mm-hmm. Like he was out there like preaching the gospel of comics. Right. For decades. Yeah. And it, it, like what sucks is, yeah, there was some dark shit too. You know, yeah. <laughs> like what mm-hmm. happened, Jack Kirby, most, you know, first and foremost, but mm-hmm. I mean, we're also never really going to know outside of not being financially taken care of. We're not really going to know what that relationship was and what those agreements were. And it's hard to know. Well, I mean, we know a lot. Yeah. We know a lot. People have mm-hmm. studied it. There are interviews with Kirby where right. like for decades later, Kirby was still like yeah, holding that, on that, to that. There was an article that, in the uh, that Hickman show, or not Hickman, but uh, the history of comics show one. On, yeah, the the AMC, the one, the one by oh the Kirkman. Uh, yeah, Kirkman, Kirkman. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah um, that, the the whole thing, that whole episode about them was pretty was pretty enlightening. Yeah. Um, and you know there was a, a a story came out on the beat this week, uh, where a previously unseen photo of Jack and Stan in the eighties resurfaced. There are very, very few instances of photographic, uh, evidence of those two being together. Um, wow. And like the most famous one is from the sixties. They're both young. Uh, this one, they they were at Comic-Con in the eighties. They were smiling, Stan had his arm around him. It looks like a happy picture. Um, but then from an interview with somebody at the same time, it was very clear that Kirby was still pretty broken up about how things went down and how Stan could wave it all away yeah. if he wanted to, but Stan wouldn't change because Stan was Stan yep. and he was the cartoon character at that point. Yep. And if Stan had just come out and said, you know what, Jack is responsible for this, you know, right. Jack deserves this credit. Right. It would have, it would have done the job. It would have done the job. We got another call coming in here, but it is always good to talk to you, buddy. Thank you. All right, thank you. For your thoughts Later, and emotions, Jeff. as always, Jeff. Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover. Caller, who this? What's up, guys? It's Ketner. Ketner. Hey, hey, hey. How we doing? We're doing okay. All we had Taking to do was... Doggy for a walk? All we had to do was put you on the show, uh, and now you're calling again. I see how it is. That's cool. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> that was the plan all along. No, I set my... I have a little Google alert that reminds me now in the morning... Nice. So that when I'm out walking my dog, I can be like, oh, yeah, I can, I can make a phone call while I pick up doggy poop. What is your ridiculous on, dog's guys? name again? What's his name? <laughs> Tortellini. Tortellini. That's right. That's my favorite. Yep. <laughs> He's so great. <laughs> so we're having the official wake for Stan Lee this morning, and we're inviting people to come up to the podium and talk about what Stan Lee meant to them. But we want to work through it, oh, too. God. Like, let's talk about the gnarly shit, too. Let's work through it. Like, I mean, you know? if you want to talk about this stuff, too. We don't have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have to keep. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I, yeah, I like, I, I don't, I mean, I have complicated feelings about Stan Lee, um, but I can't take any away any of the good stuff. That's you know just what I mean? it. And that's, 
that that's that's something that I wrote about like what when I put a little post on Instagram about it. It's like he's a complicated guy. Mm-hmm. Definitely think he, you know, maybe let it go to his head a bit, you know. Right. Uh, but that's also, you know, that's his biggest weakness. But it's also part of what gave those early books a lot of personality is that that grandstanding, yes, yeah, um, mm-hmm. bombastic the the style the huckster it, it, right is hucksterism. The hucksterism? <laughs> yeah, the, the hucksteritude. Right, 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 yes. right, right. And, but, uh, and, but, you know, when that's part of a show, you know, like, I'm not a wrestling guy, but I know, you, I know Matt, you are. But, like, it, when, it's, when it's part of that, when that bluster is part of, hey, I'm, I'm you know, I'm Jazzy Stan Lee, or, you right. know, no, it's Jazzy yeah. John Romita, but whatever, you know, like, that, that sort of vibe. Smiling smile Stan. Really, smile, work, yeah, smiling Stan. Smiling Stan, right like worked really well, like for the comic, it's, it's when that stuff actually bled into how he, you know, the behind the scenes stuff that, you know, that has like the, the trouble, you know, right. the, the sort of dark, the dark side to it. Um, but you know, like you can't take away the guy's imagination and part of that over the top voice gave so much personality to those early, those early Marvel books. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. You know, especially, you know, like, if, if nothing else, like if, if, you know, even if you're like everything after like, you know, 1970 is bullshit, you know, it's like, okay, well that original run of Fantastic Four and that original run of Spider-Man, he was re- like very instrumental in giving a voice, oh, a yeah. unique voice to those characters. Absolutely. And, um, and yeah, like he was a, a creative dude. Um, it, you, I, you I brought wish, up wrestling I a second that, ago and Screw you, Patrick. He brought it up, not me. But yeah, Vince McMahon <laughs> actually came out and said this week, like it was guys like Stan Lee who helped me invent my ridiculous personality, you yeah. know, in wrestling. Yeah. Where like Vince was the bad guy. He ran everything, and he was super rich. And he's like, Bleh, look at me, Bleh, and just and everything, like, boo, yeah. you know. But you love to hate him, and I love right. to hate the guy. And the guy is a demon. He's a terrible person. And he's a huge Trump supporter, <laughs> you know, but like, we don't have the product that we have now without him. You know what I mean? Yeah. The thing about Stan is it's, it's not just that he influenced comics. It's that Stan's influence reached out to other right. forms of entertainment. Absolutely. Like the, the, oh yeah, the style, like the style of his writing, the, the, the character he portrayed, like that kind of stuff leached out of the comics world, our sad little corner of pop culture. Right. And like everybody knows who Stan Lee is mm-hmm. now. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is crazy yeah, to and, me. Yeah. Like, and, and particularly like with, with the creative work, I mean, really when you get down to like the, the fundamental difference between, you know, the, the original Marvel characters versus the original DC characters is the idea that he gave superheroes real problems yes. and gave them real lives. Right. And that was something that, you know, hadn't been explored yet. And that's, yeah. and that's everything. That's modern. And that's, that's all comics now. That's modern mm-hmm. comics is, is, uh, you know, in a really bizarre way, like that's like the first step towards shit like Watchmen. You know, which is like no, absolutely you know, very, very I don't, extreme. I don't, but I don't like, think that's even like, a jump. Hey, 
what it's like, oh, like what if a guy turned into an orange rock monster? But what if he was a real guy? Right. Who was sad and had feelings. Yeah, like what if he and, was upset uh, about it? What if it bothered him? <laughs> you know, because like, sure, he's right. badass and he's made a rock and he can and he can beach it up. But at the end of the day, it's like he can't sleep in a bed anymore. He can't like make out with anybody, you know, like there's no way food tastes the same. Hey. I mean, you, know, like, <laughs> you don't know that. I suppose that's yeah. true. <laughs> he might make out all the time. Um, but, but yeah. And then I will, and then just as, as a, as, as a kid, I will always think of Stanley for his voiceover intros uh-huh. to Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Yep. Yeah. We use, uh, we use them on this know. show. I mean, to introduce and yeah. like the intro and the outro, that shit just like, yeah, will always stay with me. And I was just telling, yeah. we were just talking to, uh, who were we just talking to? Uh, JD. JD. I'm sorry he's so forgetful. We were just talking to JD. <laughs> and before, we were saying how, like, when you read those old comics growing up, the narration boxes mm-hmm. were Stan Lee's voice. That's what or, I heard in my Stanley's head. voice. Absolutely. absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's like, thanks to those cartoons, and it, like, just being like, oh, I know what Stan Lee's voice sounds like. Yeah. I don't know what, you know... Carmine Infantino sounds like right, yeah, you know? exactly, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, like that immediately was like, oh, this is the guy who is going to tell me about all of these characters and who has this personal interaction, you know, and relationship with them because he co-created half of them, right? You know, so, no, and and they uh, let him do this stuff. Marvel said, yes, you should be the voice on Amazing Spider-Man, mm-hmm. the Justice League cartoon. What was his name? The narrator. Ted Knight. Ted Knight, yeah. They went and got Ted, Ted Knight. Knight, DC, like, to yeah. narrate that. And Ted Knight is a pro. With a ridiculous voice. We introduced Batman yep. at the, the Hall of Justice. Yeah. <laughs> like, whereas you had Stan Lee, who was not, like, by any means, you were not listening to the dulcet tones of Stan Lee. He was like, <laughs> greetings, <laughs> true believers. Spider-Man's in real yeah. trouble this week. Ah! You know, like, it was ridiculous. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, he always we loved Stan it. Always sounded like he had like yeah, he sounded like he had like a little bit of nasal back trip, just yeah, a little yeah. bit like every oh. time. Yeah, it's like <laughs> <laughs> my favorite was when we'd always get like like in the end when we learned our lesson, and he would mellow out, and Bruce Banner <laughs> would once again end up alone. You know, it was just like it was ridiculous. <laughs> it was like the guy that should be putting his schmear on your bagel, telling you about the Hulk. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, that's and that's. And that's really what I love about that stuff and what, what I love about Marvel comics. Um, you know, like, like I, you know, I wish, I wish, you know, guys like Kirby and, uh, Ditko like shared in the spoils. Right. But you know, like, but you also can't take away like what Stan did. Well, yeah, it's uh, the man and the idea of the man, I think. And, right. and what yeah. I celebrate more obviously is the ridiculous idea of Stan Lee that I grew up with, that I have in my head, that I carried in my heart. And, you know, and, like, whenever you saw the guy, he was smiling Stan, and he was hugging kids and kissing babies, you know, and, like, would stand in line, would would go to these cons and sit for hours after he was supposed to leave, waiting for everybody in the line. Yeah. Yeah. Waiting for everybody to come through the line. And he would tell a personal story to every single person. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, There was a... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, in, in, in interviews I've I've um, I've listened to, like, with other creators, you know, like, uh, like on the Word Bloom uh, yeah. uh, podcast, like, you know, people, you know, when people talk about like meeting Stanley and interacting with Stanley, he he seemed like a nice, warm, kind 
dude right. who, 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 again, was, was willing to share that stuff. That doesn't, you know, that's not the totality of everything, but it's like, yeah, when you're like an old man who's like over 80 years old and you're still taking that time, and yeah. you're still, you know. It goes beyond yeah, I'm acting. It goes beyond I'm getting paid to be here. Yeah. Because like guys no, like John yeah. Byrne still get paid to show up and he's just a fucking asshole. So, yeah, I mean, Stan Lee, the personality is definitely, it's a show for sure. But, um, I believe that his affection for fans and other creators is, was genuine. Right. Like Stan really loved, uh, dealing with comic fans. Yeah. And like, um, one of my favorite thing, uh, this week, one of the things that has kind of helped the most this week is reading, uh, remembrances from people that met him, uh, especially comic pros. Yeah. And I don't remember who posted this, uh, but there was a story from a convention and somebody had uh, come up to Stan with a VHS copy of Mallrats. Was this Eric Larson? <laughs> no, it wasn't Eric Larson. Okay, because Eric Larson posted something that was really good too. Uh, and Stan said, oh, wow, I haven't seen one of these in forever. Are you sure you want me to sign uh-huh. it? Yeah, it's like, are you sure you want me to sign it? You know, he like treated it like it was an artifact. Right. And the guy was like, uh, yes, please, Stan Lee, scribble your name on this <laughs> shitty VHS tape. Uh, and then the, the guy, you know, left. And a few minutes later, another guy with a copy of Mallrats on VHS showed up. And Stan was like, oh, Wow, I haven't seen one of these for at least fifteen minutes. <laughs> I haven't seen one. I I haven't seen these in so long. Are you sure you want me? Like every t- every time, like Stan just like yeah. turned it on, and he right. was like, "Oh man, this is so cool." You're what trying you brought to make you to feel me. special? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Gail Simone posted something that was like, I th- I got a little teary about reading it. Uh, she said, uh, "You know, I have one great Stanley story." Gonna, nope. No, I'm just gonna, there we go. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I was just getting started in comics, I was kind of ashamed to admit, like, that's how I was making my living. Like, I was, a, I tell people, well, I was a writer. Oh, I did see this. Yes. Uh, I tell people I was a writer. And, and when they asked me what I write, you know, she'd kind of like look down and say, oh, well, it's just comics. Um, and mm-hmm. she got to meet Stan. And she said, uh, she said something like that to him. And the character faded and he looked her in the eye and said, don't you ever apologize for being just a writer? God, and I was like, that's so cool. Yeah, I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was so, and then he slapped her. Yeah. Open hands, bitch slap. And then he, and then he, and then he took credit for the secret six. Yes. Or something. I don't know. Uh, no, but like Stan was such an encouragement to these up and coming people, uh, as yeah. they were coming through Marvel right. in the eighties and the nineties. Um, yeah. The, so like even, even comic book professionals, people that we look up to as, as you know, these kind of celebrities for our, our hobby uh, looked at him like with uh, reverence, reverence. Thank you. I was going to say reveration. I was with, like, that's not right. With reveration. Re- with revered, <laughs> reveredness. Reverberation. The, <laughs> um, the, the, yeah, I know, like uh, a, a thousand percent. And you know what? The uh, one thing I'll I'll bring up before I go is uh, where I feel like one of the the more more recent uh, riffs on a on a Stan homage has been in uh, Mr. Miracle, where I haven't read the last issue oh, yet. Funky Flashman, Fla- funky, <laughs> funky, funky, funky Flashman 
a, you know, notorious, like, send-up, like, skewering of Stan Lee from the original run. But you know what? In that Tom King comic, it has that. But he's also, like, he's the babysitter. He, like, you know, like, he, he isn't a villain. Yeah, you know? right, yeah. Right. And I, and, I, and I feel like even in Tom King's version of Funky Flashman, there's, like, there's a little bit of the both sides. Like, there's a little bit of the, the warmth of that character, too. And I like that he's, like, even though he's, like, maybe, like, the shitty uncle, like, he's part of that family. Right. Absolutely. Um, and, let me ask uh, you. I, you know, I think that that Let me ask you this. Lot. Is Mr. Miracle dead? Yes or no? He hasn't read the last issue. Okay. I, I haven't read the last issue. <laughs> That's fine. But as of now, it doesn't matter where you are. Do you think he's dead? I don't know if he's dead. I think he may have died in the very first issue. (laughs) Yeah, like, I mean, well, I thought thought the whole time that, like, you know, the whole thing, you know, it started out with the suicide and him escaping death. Right. Like, I I thought that maybe this whole time he was maybe trying to escape death, but then the Metron thing threw me, so I don't know. I have read the last issue. But you know what? I can call in next week and talk to you about Mr. Miracle. Okay, all right. That would be good. Deal. All right. We're going to get some voicemails here. It is always good to yeah. talk to you. You have a good one. Get Tortellini back yeah, in the house. Oh, yeah. uh, got your package. Thank you for oh, that. Yeah, yeah, We got buttons and stickers. Buttons and stickers. I'm putting the button in my jacket and my sticker is going to go on the back. Well, not this computer. I've got a, another computer. Awesome. And, and, get, and yeah, give that other, co- give that comic read, The War for Caleb. It's really, yeah. really cool. I flipped, awesome. I flipped through it. It looks great. Will do. Good to talk to you, Jimmy. Yeah. All right. Later, guys. See you, buddy. All right. Are the phone lines open? Yeah. David Robbins, the phone lines are open. You yeah. can feel free to call. Jim Kettner just called us. Yeah, but sometimes you shut off the phone line, don't you? I shut it off for like the first four minutes. Okay, see? Working fine. Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover. Caller, who this? It's Brian Domingos. Brian Domingos. Are you driving a garbage truck? Specifically yeah. in reverse? <laughs> um, <laughs> I hear the beeping. No, I, I, I turned off the Bluetooth so I could do it hands-free, and then the radio kicked on. Gotcha. But, okay. Um, All right. That's, what, that's what's going on in my life today. What's going on with you guys? <laughs> we are having a wake for Stan Lee. We're talking about what Stan Lee meant to us, and we're encouraging you nerds to come up to the podium and share your feelings about the passing of Stan Lee, good or bad. Oh, um, I don't know if my, this is the right week for me to talk about Stan Lee. Um, I don't know. I, I've got, I feel like he's a, he's a complicated guy and I have a lot of mixed feelings about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I could like, there are people like legitimately mourning and I totally get it because, you know, I too was a, you know, young geek reading, you sure. know, a comic by myself in my room. And so like, if Spider-Man means the world to you, like, He's, he's like, you know, your grandpa. We were actually it. just talking about that with Jim Kettnerd, and we were talking more about how we are mourning the idea of the character than the man. Yeah, you know well, what I mean? Well, that, that's kind of the thing, because, like, in the 90s, like, I felt like, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, in my, I'm 38, so I, it was right through the 90s. Like, so 1992, when all the big image stuff was happening, like, Stan Lee was an old man to me. Yeah. Like, he was an old guy, and... His stick, I was like, it was kind of corny, and like, because I was twelve, and I and like, and I understand no, same from like here. the point of view. Same here. You know I went I mean? to Image like, Comics. I was like, screw you, Marvel. All the cool uh, shit's it, happening in the pages of Youngblood. You know, <laughs> <Or whatever>. um, <laughs> ex- exactly, Youngblood. Um, so like, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff like that where like it means I get the history of it of like get off your phone. And and I, and it's, I, <laughs> um, I think that. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. 
We were okay. we were having no. a lovers' quarrel. No. Matt was yelling at me for doing my damn job. <laughs> it's, I know, I know. Business, you know, it's it's, it's backroom uh, business talk. Um, like just just so like the the stand persona is tough because in some ways it's like there probably would not be mainstream comics as we know them without him getting it through like the sixties and seventies. Right. Right. Um, and then one, I mean, in a, in a big way, like the direct market kind of helped comics keep doing their thing. And so probably through the eighties and nineties, it would have like, it didn't need him anymore, but like he was a huge proponent and he was like the huckster. And like, I get that. I don't, I always kind of thought it was a little like, I thought it was nice that Marvel was like, he, he, he's, he's like the boss for life. Yeah. But, but no one talked to him about anything, but he's the boss for life. And <laughs> sure. like, I, and I get, because in, in, this, in this kind of ties into it's So it's really complicated in so many ways. And I didn't even, you know, know him, but like it, it ties into like the creator rights thing. And yeah. like, they took such respect, you know, care for him and re, you know, respect for him when there were so many people that were kind of left at the side. So I kind of get like, like it feels kind of weird. Right. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, he's like, Oh, he's our guy. It's like, yeah, but, and I get that, but there's also Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko and they were, Oh, absolutely. It was like, like without those three guys, like there's nothing. Totally. And, you know, like, and Stan, nothing. all he had to do was say their names out loud a few times, you know I mean? Like, and throw some money at them because he had plenty yeah. coming in and Stan definitely got rich and they did not. Yeah, no, they didn't. And the, and the, like, I don't know, the, like, cause somebody, you know, people in the office who, you know, see my, you know, they, my, whatever, my little, you know, Funko pop figurines and stuff in my office. And they're like, Oh, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. Like, don't worry. Like, really? Yeah. Thank you. I'm fine. Um, but you know, in part, and they're like, well, you know, you know, are you sure? Like, how do you feel? And I said, well, the last couple of years of Stan's life have been so tumultuous and yeah. it's like, let the guy like give him a, freaking break we like talked about that too yeah and he's tired and it's like don't keep he's not going to say no but stop asking him to come and do like like signature sessions to right. sell tickets yeah, here exactly. they're caught right. you know like there's pictures of in people posting their pictures with him and it's like it looks like weekend at bernie's and like he's just sitting there and it's like he's doing his thing and he was like this this titan of promotion and i totally respect it but it's like give the guy a fucking break yeah. like He's exhausted and he is his whatever and all the, you know, what's true and what's not true about his bodyguard and his maid and like all that, like crazy, whatever's going on. Like it was just a lot going on. Like, okay, I'm, I hope that Stan has like, I hope he was at peace at the end and he's, he can finally stop selling. Like give him, like, let him, let him, let him rest. Like this is a real like rest in peace. Like, um, so I like for that, I'm like, I hope, I hope that he didn't leave in pain. I hope he, and, and whether it's emotional or physical, like, you know, he's yeah. also 95. Like it's when they're like, are you okay? Like he's, he's old man. Like yeah. he was old in the seventies. Like he had the gray temples and, um, so it's, it's, true, it's yeah. one of those things. And then, um, yeah, so I don't know. It's, it's complicated. Um, but, um, I think, um, and it's also weird all the stuff like, I, I don't need to see another meme of, of anyone turning to leaves and blowing away. Like I'm oh, yeah. good. walking, in, <laughs> walking um, into heaven, Brian, I got another call coming in here, man. I appreciate you sharing with us though, brother. It's good to talk to you always. All right. Later, guys. Bye, All Brian. Right. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover caller. Who dis? 
Tweedly Deedly Deed. Good morning, gentlemen. There David Robin Collins. David Rock and Robbins. <laughs> we were just talking. We were just talking about uh, how much we have not enjoyed the memes of Stanley turning to dust and blowing away yeah, Avengers like, Infinity War style. Give me a fucking break. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a bit much for me. Jesus too. H Christ, you guys. Too soon. Yeah. Too fucking soon. And the thing is, is that I can't tell if they're making a joke. Or if they're like, they think they're paying sincere tribute. I think they think they're paying sincere tribute. I don't I, think it's like I that. Saw one, I saw one drawing of, uh, it was a drawing of Thanos, uh, like, talking to Stan's grave. And he's yeah. like, I only meant for it to be half the universe, not all yeah. of it. Yeah. And it's like, fuck you. Yeah, give me a gun. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking yeah. idiots. Like, people express their grief in different ways. I get it. Right. Like, like, don't. Be fucking tacky about it. David, would you like to come to the podium and speak at Stan's Wake here? Or or do you want to um, talk about the absolutely. question of the week? Um, I can get back to the question of the week. Right, um, but uh, I'll circle back to it. But yeah, let's let's talk Stan for a couple minutes. So um, I came to comics relatively late compared to a lot of the listeners. Um, I came in in 94. Um, a friend in high school oh, started turning me on to books. Yeah. And, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, but a friend of mine in, in high school started turning me on to books and I was just reading these stories. And then I, you know, found Mallrats and right. saw this guy in the movie that I was like, Oh, okay. So this is, this is a, 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 an important guy in comics. Let, let's find out a little bit more about him. And, you know, this is like the burgeoning era of just when the internet is starting and, and when information is going out there and, and information is trickling into me and I'm finding out, okay, this guy means something in this world that I'm starting to, to learn more about. And, uh, it, you know, just kind of learning all that as we go. Um, and he was a pitch man, you know, yeah. he helped create a lot of the characters that, uh, Honestly, I, I throw the term around of American myth, but he helped create no, without, American myth. Without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, like, and, Marvel you know, Comics is far and away American mythos, you know? And like, yes, absolutely. And I would argue one of the, one of very few purely American art forms, like born here, made here. This is superhero like, comics. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Superhero books. Yeah. But I mean, because you look at other countries, and you know, uh, England has King Arthur and right. the, the the Knights of the Round Table. Right. And you have uh, you know God stories in in in, in North Norse countries right. and in uh, the Mediterranean and, and in Europe and all and in Asia. <laughs> we, right. We have we have we terrible Native American you know, genocide and slavery. <laughs> you know. Right. We have we have appropriation of culture. Right. But we have we have the superhero. We have uh, the X Men. We have Spider Man. We have Batman. We have Superman. We have these these outsider stories that kind of explain what it is to be you know an immigrant. You know, Absolutely. We, we have that. Absolutely. We, we have, we have the loner of Batman who, who doesn't know where he fits. We have the, the ultimate immigrant of Superman who's from another planet. We have uh, people who by a twist of birth um, are different and are hated because of it, you know? And yeah, it was because he went, um, I don't know why they're different. Uh, they were born that way. Right. Um, right. But it, it worked. And, you know, you have somebody who in the 1960s in 63, makes an allegory 
for racism in this country. Oh, absolutely. And, not, and but not just and, that, also loads a team full of multicultural characters. That didn't come Absolutely. Until, that wasn't Stan. That was the 70s. That wasn't Stan and that was the 70s, but still, the point was that's where the X-Men went and he yeah. opened that damn door. You know, absolutely. 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 So, you know, it was it it hurt me a little bit, you know, I I've been broken up about it for a week and watching a lot of tribute videos and you know, seeing the ridiculous uh, costume people on, on Hollywood Boulevard yeah. and, and that kind of stuff. But um, one thing that I kept circling back to was the quote where he was saying he used to be embarrassed about the fact yeah. that he wrote comic books and because he didn't feel like he was building bridges or studying medicine until one day he realized that he was creating entertainment and that that was bringing joy and diversion to people who needed it. Right. Who could forget right. about their problems, forget about their life for a couple hours at a movie or 10 minutes on a book. And that he realized that that was important and that was something that he should be proud of. Yeah. And it doesn't um, matter if it didn't start that way. What matters is it, right. it turned into that, you know, and that Absolutely. was him working with the fans, him being him, you know, and, yeah. and, and putting his face there. He became the guy and he listened to us Absolutely. and he saw what, what these nerds loved and he went, give him more of that. You know, that's what yeah, it's and, right I mean, there. we know he was complicated. We know that there was things that went on behind the scenes between he and uh, Ditko and Kirby, and we're never going to 100% know what happened. Um, and yes, he should have probably given them more credit than he did. Of course. Um, but, but, you know, we're never going to know. And hopefully all that's, you know, he, he's at peace with it now. And, you know, um, uh, I know you guys uh, rag on Kevin Smith and he's, you know, an acquired taste these days, but his Instagram post uh, about Stan was kind of touching and how was, he yeah. said that I did see that. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and I, I thought that the end part of it where he's like, you know, Stan taught me how to be a man after my parents and how to be respectful and, and how to form his own morality based on, Peter Parker trying to atone for a mistake or Captain America standing up for what's right just because it's right. Right. Or Tony Stark being a flawed guy that's trying to fix shit that he did in his life. The guy was an alcoholic. Absolutely. He he was an arms dealer. He was a terrible person. And he went, I got to fix this. You know, I mean, I can't think of another hero like that at that time that was that fundamentally broken. You know, I'm not saying that Stan, I'm not saying that Stan came up with Iron Man. I'm saying Stan came up with an environment where you could create characters like this. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean Absolutely. the idea that the idea that Marvel characters are people first, people and people. heroes second. Like I love DC Comics. I really do. I do too. But DC comic book characters are icons. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah. gods almost, yeah. you know. Uh right, exactly. They are they are truly mythic. Um and Marvel is, you know, I can see things in myself Sure. In those stories. Yeah. And yeah. both styles are great, but nobody can argue that Marvel comics are the best at connecting with their readers. Yeah. And, Absolutely. Um, speaking to them on a level that they could relate to. And yeah. Yeah. That was, that was Stan. He wanted the sappy shit. Mm-hmm. He wanted that in there and it worked. It absolutely worked. Yeah. Yeah, like I, there were. He's done. He's done a ton of interviews where he said, like, the publisher at the time 
Well, it's like, you can't have a superhero with problems. Right. He's a superhero. Right. Nobody's going to want to read that. Yeah, like Batman was Batman because his parents died, but at that time, he was just like, I'm Batman. I'm super badass, you know? Like, Daredevil it was the kind of character that was just wrecked from day one. I mean, like, you, they start off yeah. with this stupid thing, but Daredevil turned into, like, this, you know, heavy Catholic guilt character, you know, that's just yeah. weighed down by his own life, and he's handicapped, you know? <laughs> sure, yeah, I mean, his... Yeah. his yeah, he was blinded trying to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. His dad got killed. You know, like these characters had rough lives. Right. Um, and he was from Hell's Kitchen. Oh, let, let's not forget that Daredevil's dad got killed trying to do the right thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. Refused to throw a fight. Trying to, yeah, he, he was paid to do this, and he's like, no, this isn't right, and he got killed because of it. Yeah, right. that was shit that just couldn't happen in DC Comics. It just couldn't. No. Yeah. I mean, at, at DC, you'd have stories where, oops, Superman lost his memory, became a hobo for five minutes. Right. Or that Krypton, or that Krypton, uh, I turned him into a hilarious baby. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> well, the Flash is super fat all of a sudden. Why is the Flash so fat? You know, and then meanwhile, yeah, I mean, like it, Harry it, Osborn's it, hooked on drugs. Right. And uh, the, yeah. and the, the comics code refused to approve him. And, <laughs> and Stan was like, too bad we're publishing him anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I know that those yeah, time uh, periods were different, Super, but still. Superman, it took radiation of some sort to make him at all vulnerable. Meanwhile, Peter Parker's trying to figure out how he's going to pay bills. Right. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Yeah. Pay for his aunt's know, medicine. Everyday problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Aunt May yeah. is sick. I got to get medicine for it. Yeah. You know? I mean, like yep. real world shit and dealing with a fantastic. That's why we love him. Yep. All right. Yep. Let's hit the question of the week because right. we're right. getting near to the end of the Question show. of the week. Question of the week. Hit me. So the uh, question is, who's resting on their laurels, right? Yes. Character has been coasting on their try- reputation for too long. Stop Stop trying to make such a thing. Um, stop trying to make Cyborg a thing. Agreed. <laughs> I totally agree. I you totally know, agree. We don't care. I love we Cyborg, like- but I don't need him to be some sort of front runner. I've never yeah, given a no. shit about Cyborg. And it's because I didn't, I didn't fall in love with Teen Titans like you did. I fell in love with Dick Grayson via Batman and stuff like that. But yeah, Cyborg. I don't give a shit. I, I think it is, and, and I'm not as up on Titans and as up on, on, on uh, the Justice League as you guys are. But I think it's because there's no tech analog to Tony Stark or Hank Pym in the Justice League. That's exactly. So they needed to they needed to promote somebody up or bring up some character to cover the tech side of things when they didn't have one. And Batman can't do everything. Don't forget, yeah, everyone was white too. Yes, and that's absolutely. You cannot tell me this was not a token black guy decision. It absolutely was. It's we got to have somebody black there. We got to. Well, hell, Jordan has to be Green Lantern. We can't use, you know, we can't use John. I mean, come on. Okay, Cyborg, perfect, get perfect, get him in there, you know. And it was a movie yeah. decision. I would have rather because they, they wanted black Steel. people to come see the movie. Steel would have been awesome. Now, I mean, Steel would have been kicked. There is an argument. And Steel would have filled that role of the Iron Man guy. Yeah, you know. But then again, now you got two yeah. guys with S's on their chest. So, but here's the deal: when the New Fifty Two started. We're dealing with a super truncated timeline, right. so the existence of steel doesn't really make any sense, really, if you think about it. I, well, yes. Um, and but cyborg, but I take hold on. The existence of John Henry Irons does. He just doesn't have to have an S on sure, his chest. Sure, yes, absolutely. He can still um, be steel. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, okay, so 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 here's an idea. Instead of promoting up cyborg, which doesn't make any sense other than they want a minority, and if you put in. John Henry Irons to fill that role, 
Maybe you have junior member up in the watchtower of Tim Drake, who seems to be way more technological totally. in his head as opposed to interfacing with it. Totally. You, you, you totally. put him in that role. If, you, if yeah. you're going to take Barbara out of the chair and give somebody the, the eye in the sky role, put Tim Drake in a chair. Sure. You give him something to do. You, you take him out of being the third Robin that they don't know what to do with. Totally. So you have, you have, you have, uh, uh, Damien still as Robin. You have Nightwing and you have Red Hood and you have that Red Robin character have something to do. You know what you call him? You know what you call him? Oracle. You call him Oracle. Exactly. <laughs> Tim Drake becomes Oracle. Holy all right, all right. Shit. No, you so, don't call you don't call him you don't call him Oracle. If you want to keep the bird myth, uh, mythos, you call him Eagle Eye. I like that too. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the thing about Cyborg, I, like comic book people like us, like I get it. Like Cyborg is a character that I like, but I don't really need him to be a, yeah. a leading character. I'm, I'm happy with him. Cyborg sure. is a perfectly hanging cool out character. with his friends in the in the Titans. And That's where thing. I like Cyborg, but. Cyborg as um, Cyborg has a lot higher profile than we think, thanks to those cartoons. Yes, uh, sure. this is true. And so, while I agree that like they were probably thinking they needed to get a little bit of diversity in there, um, Cyborg as a character that's got a lot more recognition than we probably give him credit. That's for. true. That's true. Um, and no, so, and, while and, I don't really I, like it, I kind of get it. I, I agree. I, like, I don't have a problem with him as the character. I don't see him on the level of a Lantern, of a Superman, Not of a Wonder all. Woman, sure. of a Batman. Well, and I, I don't to, see him in that tier and they've had you know, to, like, of, of heroes. They've had to amp him up so much. Right. Like, he's got a mother box inside of him, yeah. and he can like interface yeah. with anything. It's stupid And now. it's just like, all right, so Cyborg is basically like robot god now. Yeah. Um, whereas what made him so cool is that he was just a normal dude. That's, that's got some cool parts. Right. And uh, like, a, and became more human when he lost his human body. Right. And now and it like, was like the soul yeah, whatever, of Cyborg yeah. is what was, and now you've made him more machine than man. Yeah. And, and like, yeah, it's just lost. I totally agree. Cyborg. Totally agree. All right. All right. We got yep. another call coming in. David, Always thank you so much. You, David. Thank you. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. You are our final caller this week. Who dis? Oh, exciting. Yeah. Don't Those drop the ball here. Super fan. Don't you uh, drop Patrick. the ball, Patrick Kavanaugh. <laughs> so much pressure. You know pressure. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> what would you like to rap about today, sir? Um, you know, I, I don't really, I know the, the theme has been Stanley. I don't really have anything to say that hasn't already been said, Fair enough. uh, on that. Um, what I, what I did want to talk about, uh, really going to nerd it up here. Uh, I wanted to respond to you, you calling me out on Facebook, um, <laughs> about being a baby, uh, For Mega Man 3. And, uh, oh. and, and calling out Mega Man three as, as having poor game design. Uh, and you just telling me that I'm bad and to get good. Uh, I said, maybe it was too hard for you. you big baby. <laughs> uh, well, look, Mega Man three was also my first Mega Man game. It was your first. It was my, yeah. yes. Yeah, that was yeah. It was my my first introduction of what made me fall in love with the series, and I've I've gone back. I'm I'm going. I, I got the, the there's a Mega Man and Mega Man X collections that came out, and I've been going through yeah, them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went uh, I went through Mega Man three recently. I'm like, you know what? This isn't that good. It's nowhere near as good, and it it it's and it's, it's all design. And you know, being older now, and 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 you know, having taught game design and, and things like that, it's a lot easier to see. Uh, but it, it was really, it's really disappointing. So 
Matt, I wanted to counter you and tell you why, give you my thesis on why Mega Man 3 has bad game design. Hit me. And I don't so. disagree. I do feel like they made it hard just to be hard. Uh, I mean, I think we could. you could probably just leave it at you are literally an expert in the field, so fuck you. <laughs> but I do want to hear it. I do, I do want to hear it. Fair enough. Uh, so and, and it, it's, 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 it's looking at the transition between two and three uh, is, is very telling. So a good thing in, in those earlier games is that while they were hard, getting hit and death was avoidable. Yes. There in three, that is not true. There are situations that you can get in. There are bosses that you fight that you cannot, it's not possible to avoid damage at all. It's not that it's hard. You're put in situations where, well, nothing I could have done there. That is bad design. And I think they, they actually realized it. Um, and instead of fixing the problem, they patched it. So it's possible in three to load up on E tanks, on energy tanks, yeah, right? Yeah, Basically, yeah. The, hit this. My, I'm almost dead. Hit this. Brings my uh, my life all the way back up. Right. You have to be able to do that, and I don't think that's good to say. Like, if you look between two and three, you couldn't do that in two. There were E tanks, but when you game over, you lost all your E tanks. In three, when you game over, you keep them. So you can literally just go into a level that has an early E tank, grab it, kill yourself continue, get another one, so on and so on, very, very quickly. Uh, and if you aren't able to load up on those, the game is, I mean, it's, I'm not going to say it's impossible, but it's not, it's not fun. Fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there, there's a lot of places where you, you, you just have to brute force through. Right. It's like, nope, I'm going to have to use E-Tanks. And I think that's really, you should be able to do it without it. E-Tanks should be a crutch, not a necessity. No, I agree. Uh, they uh, were trying, uh, they were trying to change it. And I think in doing so, in giving like, oh, now you have a chance to keep going because you have this energy boost, whatever. Now you can like play the game differently and think about it differently. What they didn't realize was like what you just said. Yeah. Well, fuck right. it. Let's grab it, yeah. kill myself, start from here. It's also, <laughs> it's also yeah. got a weapon that is so worthless that it's l- only possible use of uh, any merit is in the very final boss fight. And that's the s- fucking snake cannon or whatever. Snake. Oh yeah. yeah. You need the snake gun to beat Dr. Wiley. It's stupid. Otherwise yeah. it's well, a piece of shit. That's, that's always how you know the, the, the weapon to beat the fight to beat Wiley is always the hardest one. Yeah. Right. It was the bubble lead into yeah, that's yeah, true. The snake. And that's true. Uh, the one that just goes, it just, just falls down. That's it. Okay. So number two, there are stages in which the, Best option for you to advance is to commit suicide. Yes. Game over and continue. Yes. <laughs> when you have to, you need the energy. You need to use the rush jet to get through a section, and it's long. If you fail, you go back. You have no more energy. All you can do is jump off the ledge, continue, and start over yeah. with fresh energy. I remember a player's is- guide. A player's guide that they would do in those Nintendo Power magazines and shit like that, where it told you. Yeah. Kill yourself right. here. <laughs> like, yeah. The strategy, that, kill yourself. <laughs> right. That is awful, awful design. That should yeah. never be a strategy. Uh, and last, and I think the most egregious, is there are multiple places in that game to hard lock yourself. Yep. Where you can get into a position where there's nothing that you can do. Uh, like literally, you can get stuck. It's not a glitch. It's bad design. You can get stuck someplace, and the only thing that you can do is reset the console, hope you wrote down the latest password. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> they're not likely. They're easy to see where they are. And like, oh, I should probably not go over there. Right. Uh, but they still exist. It's not like the Atari ET game where you go into the wrong pit design. and you cannot levitate out no matter what you do. <laughs> You're just right, fucking yeah. stuck. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's two places I can think of off the top of my head. One, like you need the rush uh, coil to get into it, but you also need it to get out of it. Well, right. if you use your last use of rush coil to get into it, and it, it, the levels don't have a timer, you can't time out. There's nothing, you just yeah. don't exit out of the level. Mm-hmm. Re- reset the console. Yeah, and um, there's nothing. There's nothing in that area to impale yourself on. <laughs> no, no. Uh-uh. Yeah, you can't even kill yourself. <laughs> you, no, you can't. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're you're hard locked. You're stuck at the beginning of the first uh, one of the uh, the dock robot levels. It's one of those things that you have to have a rush a coil to jump up to move on. There's an enemy there, but if you kill it and you waste all your rush coil. You're just stuck at the beginning of the level. You, there's there's <laughs> nothing for you to do. Nothing to kill you. No way to get more energy. That's it. Reset. Patrick, to be That's fair, I was just design. teasing you, okay? It's what the internet is for. Talking shit, I know. right? Without I being know, able not, to back. I'm, That's what the whole internet is built up. <laughs> Talking shit without being able to back up your argument whatsoever. We've had a show it's for true. six years doing just that, okay? <laughs> it's been almost seven years. Eight years. 20 I, almost I, years. Eight years. Uh, I know. I know you're just kidding, but it was, it was, it had been on my mind and I, I needed to get it out and it was too much to put in a Facebook post. That's what we do here. It, this is perfect for teaching cover to cover. It did introduce the slide though. And I love the slide. The slide is very cool. It did like, introduce the slide. <laughs> the slide was yeah. cool. <laughs> Patrick, we're going to let you go so we can finish our question of the week and get the hell out of here. All right. I'll talk to you later. Dude. Thank you for love that. You, Patrick. That was amazing. Yep. Let's do it. Let's get into us. Okay. Oh, wait. We got to play these voicemails. Oh, shit. I yeah, forgot about the totally voicemails. We totally forgot. Yeah, we totally forgot. Let's not be dicks. God. Man, good call. Uh... This is Baal, the AI assistant of Mark from Earth 27. Mark was not available this week as he is on the floating city of yore, but he has eaten an extremely tasty burrito. <laughs> also, I am a good AI and definitely have not murdered him, even if he has been playing my chemical romance all day, the crybaby emo. <laughs> Honestly, he likes Squirrel Girl and MCR. Does he go out of his way to like things that Matt hates? Yes. Anyway, he I have to does. go now. Mark will definitely send more calls into the show as he is still alive and has not been killed, even <laughs> if he has it coming. <laughs> Goodbye. It's Man, we had our own AI for, AI for a while, and it did not take long for it to start threatening us. Yeah, and yeah. Then we had to shut, um... And then we got a cease and desist letter, and we just had to shut it down. <laughs> so... <laughs> Joe, did you have a thought there, or? Uh, no, I was just re- reflecting on the high quality content we just heard. Okay, I thought somebody paused you for a minute. Or that you no. Like- <laughs> well, I was looking up at that device above your door there. What is that? Is that a smoke detector? Uh, carbon dioxide. Gotcha. Yeah, I only keep it in here because <laughs> you don't care if anyone else in the house. Yeah, it's like my panic room. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, the ziggurat panic. Well, this airtight seal you've got is, is sure to keep you safe. Right. We got one more. Well, this is for Jimmy Randall, though. He he tried to stay. It's it's night, obviously, in right. Australia. He tried to stay up so that he could call in live. I get it. Uh, but he it's got, like Tuesday night at four in the morning. There, he got too right? drunk. <laughs> he got too drunk and he fell asleep. Good day, nerds. It's Jimmy Randall. What a shitty week. What a shit of a thing to happen. Um, I'm going to start being that pretty, again. Just pretty go. crap. Good day, nerds. It's Jimmy Randall. What a shitty week. What a shit of a thing to happen. Um, it's been pretty pretty crap, really. Hey. 
I, I'd like to, to share some memories of Stan Lee, if you guys will indulge me. Um, I was lucky enough to meet the, the gentleman twice. Um, first time was five years ago down in Melbourne. Uh, it was the, the first time Stan had ever attended a Comic-Con here in Australia, and they overbooked, of course, and he was just such a gentleman about it. He stuck around for an extra three hours uh, signing autographs for people, which I was quite impressed with. Um, I got to see him again, luckily, at the start of this year at a, um, another Comic-Con here in my hometown of Brisbane, which was quite wonderful. Got my Hot Toys statue autograph, Yay! which love it. Um, my strongest memory of Stan, though, is, look, God, it probably, I probably would have been at nine, ten years old reading one of Stan's soapboxes and um, thinking to myself, this this dude is older than my dad and he loves this stuff so much. He's so passionate about it. So I made the decision there, like, it's okay for me to grow up and be an adult and love this stuff so much and be passionate about it. So like a lot of people have said, like, I wouldn't be the man I am today without Stan Lee. I'm nearly 40 and I've got... I love this stuff so much. Like, it is my passion because he made it okay. So so thank you very much for that, Stan. Just just wanted to share those. And I'm also going to answer the question of the week. Uh, what's the comic book equivalent of stop trying to make fetch happen? Stop trying to make Spider-Man a multiversal character. Like, it, <laughs> the, the Spider-Geddon series, like, they're actually quite entertaining, kind of cool. But we just don't, we don't need it like he's in my eyes he's like daredevil he's a street level dude we don't need infinite other spider-man from different dimensions run around joining in on the fun it's it's kind of an overload like it's okay for him to go into outer space in my eyes like secret wars and that sure, sure. shouldn't there shouldn't be multiple spider-man so that's my answer uh so yeah some thoughts on stan answering the question of the week it might seem a bit lowbrow given the circumstances, but I have to sign off with a fart noise. But I'm going to dedicate this one to Stan Lee. So, Stan, <laughs> mate, thanks for everything. This one's for you, buddy. <laughs> I, I would be upset if you did. Yeah, right. Really, um, honestly, it's what Stan would have wanted. <laughs> Multi-dimensional Spider-Man. You know. I just love the multiverse. Yeah. I love multiverse stories, but I totally agree. It makes no sense with Spider-Man. No, it's silly and it's stupid. Yeah. I kind of love it. I mean, <laughs> I, I get where he's coming from. I, I totally understand where he's but coming I from. I love it. But just like I also love the stories where Spider-Man had Captain Universe powers because it's bonkers. It's yeah. bonkers and crazy. And it was short. And it's fun to do it something short. different for a while. Yeah. Though they've been really leaning into this Spider-Verse thing for a while now it's, it's like maybe give it a break it's still been good give it a rest it's been good joe patrick uh, what's phil, your answer real quick phil lee hot take a hot take from phil lee oh boy no one actually likes the red hood we voted jason todd dead the people have spoken phil just sold my answer my answer to this question was jason todd yeah i don't give a shit about jason todd you know when i cared about jason todd when he died that was when Jason Todd was important. Yeah. When he was Robin and he was cocky and he got killed and we learned a lesson and Batman learned a lesson. We all learned. And when they brought him back, he was directionless. He was stupid. He was sort of a bad guy. He's using guns now. Yeah, he's a villain. And he's the Red Hood. And now he's, why is he the Red Hood? Why? That's so stupid. The Red Hood was a villain. The Red Hood was a bad guy that fucked with Batman. Why would Jason Todd come back and dress like the Red Hood? I don't know. I mean, the Red Hood... It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. I, it makes I no agree. sense. And it throws even more wrenches into that 
How many fucking Robins has there been in this time? Had you just kept him dead, we don't even have to have that argument. We don't need to talk about it. Well, I mean, he still would have existed. I suppose. I mean, I will admit, though, one of my favorite Batman comics is an issue uh, in which it is heavily implied that Jason may have thrown uh, a dude off of a balcony. <laughs> he may have killed a guy. Well, he was straight up killing people for no, a while. No, as Robin. Oh, and, as like, Robin. When he was still Robin. Oh, yeah, okay. this was in the 80s. Yeah, Jason Todd. I do not care about him. I don't care about the Red Hood. I don't. I just don't care about the character. I don't need him back. I cared about him back in the day, but the best thing he ever did was fucking die. And you take that away, you take the most important thing that ever happened to that character away that affected Batman, and we have this watered-down Jason Todd now that's running around DC Universe doing I don't even know what, and, yeah. I, and I don't care. Get out of here. That's a good answer. Stop trying to make the Red Hood happen. It's good Stupid. answer. Stupid. Joe Patrick. Uh, Punisher. No way, dude. Yeah. Really? Yes. Punisher is a character. I love the Punisher. The Punisher is a character that works best in small doses. I agree. In other people's stories. I agree. Forcing him or to mini be- series too. He's great. Like, maybe. I've re- like those Garth Ennis, like okay, mini But the thing about the Garth Ennis books is that those books were more about the people around the Punisher Absolutely. than they were about the yes. Punisher. Yes. When you make, when you are trying to make the Punisher this leading man and, and force him into multiple ongoing books. Right. It, it waters down the premise. There's only so much you can do with it. You end up in a situation where it's like, now the Punisher's got war machine armor. Right. Well, that's dumb. Who cares? Right. Uh, I would argue every time they try and make the Punisher going after like major supervillains, I just like glaze over. I don't need it. Like, that's just dumb. Yeah, I mean, because... Frank should be on the street. Frank should be killing drug dealers. Frank should right. be killing mobsters. I mean, there, you know? there is a novelty to it, like when Remender did it, where, where the, the mandate of the new book was like, Frank versus supervillains. Yeah. And in the first issue, uh, he kills Stiltman and then plants a bomb in his coffin. But like, who was he dealing with there? Stiltman. Sure, right. Like, yeah, I don't have like a problem with that. Z-list villains. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But I agree, like, the Punisher needs to be a character that's treated almost like a villain. Yes, because he is. Right. He is a murderer. And <laughs> when you try to put him in this lead role, you have to make readers try to sympathize with him or else why? If we don't care about the Punisher as a per- as a character, then why? I would also argue you don't have to make re- readers sympathize with him, but there's no way you're going to sustain That's what I mean. Like if you're, if you're, you're just like, all right, him, he's a psychotic killing machine. If he's the star protagonist. Like, another issue of him cutting himself and drinking and shaking and you know, like, yeah. uh, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> you know? if you, if you are making, if you're making the Punisher, the lead protagonist, you have to make readers care about him. Right. And, if you make readers care about them, you make readers okay with the fact that he's out there murdering people. Right. And yeah, I just don't think he works. Like we've got, we've had great Punisher stories. The Garth and run is excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Punisher Netflix show was really good. Yeah. But again, that's barely the Punisher. Right. And Marvel's As we been know trying to recapture that magic from the Garth Ennis series for 15 years. Yeah. I mean. It's literally been that long. You go back and you go back and read those stories and the fun stuff about it is like what he's doing to Daredevil, uh, Detective Soap. Yeah. The Ma poor Nucci, cop, the poor cop that had to follow uh, him around. Yeah. You know? the, the idiot, the idiot, the wannabe punishers. Right. That go around for the whole thing only to just like get ceremonious, unceremoniously <laughs> shot at the end. Right. Um, spoilers for welcome back, Frank, I guess. Um, yeah, it's that's the that's the great fun moments in those stories. I agree. Nothing to do with like Punisher like waxing his guns or, or you don't wax a gun, do you? Shining his gun. 
shining his gun and checking his, his gun. Checking his ammo. <laughs> like, I don't care about that. I don't care about it. I don't think the Punisher works as a as a lead solo character, and I wish that Marvel would stop it. I, yeah. I mean, I agree with that statement. I love the character, but I wish they would go back to, like, he's the boogeyman. Right, yes, yes. You know? Make him the boogeyman. Right. Uh, don't put him on a fucking team with the Red Hulk. No, don't stupid. give me that shit. That's so dumb. I, yeah. And I don't want him he, working with Captain America. He shouldn't want to be on a team. Right. He's a lunatic. He's he's mad at these heroes because they're not doing it right. Why the fuck would he want to be on a team with them? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's just stupid. Yeah, he should be he should be in the shadows, boogeyman. There's murders taking places. Oh God, is this Frank? God, I hope it's not Frank. You yeah. Know, like, I, I mean, it's like with Batman, right? Um, I mean, Batman obviously has more layers to him, and so you can sustain a character like that. But in Gotham City, they should be terrified. Right. To even think about committing a crime. Right. Or if they're in Metropolis, like why would you why would you go to Metropolis and commit a crime? Yeah, it's just dumb. And there was a there was a whole uh Part of the part of the first issues of of Bendis's new run, it was wonderful. Was um, uh, it was like two D list villains. I yeah, they were. Yeah, it was like uh, <laughs> it was like, why are you here? I don't even. Why remember. are you doing this, Superman? Yeah. So he's like Superman. No, no way. Yeah, they, they, they had, Superman's out of town. They've been bro. tracking him. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's this whole underground organization that like keeps track of his moves so that they know him and they can like move contraband through the city. Right. And yeah, like that's how it should be with the Punisher. If you're a yes. criminal in New York City. You should always be looking over You're your back. You're scared. Not because you think Spider-Man's going to show up. No, but because you, you, you might hope Spider-Man's going to show up. Right. If Spider-Man shows up, you're going to get webbed, and you might go to jail, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Punisher shows up, he's going to stick a knife in the back of your fucking head, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, something terrible is going to happen. Yeah, the boogeyman. is that, That's exactly what it should be. Totally. Like. I agree. Okay. Patrick says I'm wrong, but that guy doesn't like Wolverine, so. Yeah, whatever, man. Yeah. Uh, I almost answered old man Wolverine. Oh well, sure. I was this close. Old old man, old manning anything. Yeah, old man. Well, the old oh, man Logan specifically. But he, uh, you know what I read? Uh, we were talking about old man Quill last week and how it doesn't make any sense because uh, it doesn't have anything to do with with Wolverine or old man Logan. Uh, it takes place in the old man Logan universe. Of course it does. <laughs> what for? Yeah. Why? Uh, of course it does. <laughs> Fucking stupid. All right. <laughs> Let's get to our new question of the week. Joe Patrick, set it up. It's still in the script. I got it up right here. I got it. I okay. Got it. All right. This week's question comes from new guy via the THN forums. Captain America is my favorite fictional character, but it wasn't always this way. Like many dumbasses, I thought he was just a hokey symbol of jingoistic American exceptionalism. That was until I learned the reasons why Kirby and Simon created him and actually read a bunch of his story <clears throat> stories. Holy shiz was I wrong. But you nerds already knew that. Sadly, of course, those reasons still exist, and many of his stories are still relevant because we haven't learned our goddamn lesson some 78 years later. Now I can't get enough cap. So that brings me to my question. Which character have you been the most wrong about? Who did you absolutely hate or misunderstand and then find yourself loving? Was it because of outright dumbassery like mine or because a new creator came on and changed the character around? Okay. it's a good question. Abraham Lincoln. I just didn't give a shit about Abraham Lincoln. Sure, he freed the slaves in uh, the Civil War. But then I found out he was a vampire killer, and I was like, holy shit, I was wrong about this dude. Man. Oh, my God. Abraham Lincoln's <laughs> a total badass. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for playing along today. Hey, happy Thanksgiving. Coming up this week. Yeah, yeah. Right? We won't... Uh, Turkey oh, Day. We'll, we'll, have a, we'll have a show for you before then. Yeah. The Wednesday show is the, thing, is the, thing, the penultimate Thanksgiving special. Penultimate? They're, they're, it's, you're right. It's just a Thanksgiving special. <laughs> it's a, it's it comes out the day before. 
Okay, but penultimate means like second to last, yeah, which yeah, means yeah. like the next Thanksgiving special will be our final Thanksgiving special Ooh, if if we live that long. Ooh. But uh, we don't have a show without you guys. Thank you so much. Every week, 1130 to 1230, call us 402-819-4894. Leave us a message anytime you would like. You can answer the question. You can talk about video games like Patrick did. You can talk about anything. This is your show. We want to talk to you. Nobody called to talk about cowboy shit. Cowboy shit. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, man. Yeah. I heard there's vampires. There is a and, vampire. And UFOs. I did no, not. No, no, there's like a whole race. The night people. Oh, I thought there Well, okay, but there's one vampire that you track to oh. put an end to all of it. Oh, okay. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Thanks. I shot him in the head. Thanks. Great. <laughs> you got to have a special kind of book. Uh, there's, there's Sasquatch. There is Sasquatch. Yes, which is very cool. And I, that is how it's said. There's Sasquatch. a dude that lives with the wolves. I don't think he's a werewolf. I think he just like runs around with oh, the wolves gross. and howls and shit. And do they... Uh, Pee in the vagina. I don't know. <laughs> All right, this is taking a turn, so we're gonna get out of here uh, for now. I'm really sorry, mom. This is a Twitter nerd saying thank you, Stan Lee, oh, for shit. everything. I was premature. Yeah, you're premature. Thank you, Stan. Uh, Stan the man. The show is for you. We love you. We miss you. And we're signing off. <laughs>